News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-State, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy Faith. Family giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. And while you're there, ask them about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty, the no-fear warranty on new and used vehicles, or just go to shop Cunis dot com and shop online that's what i did welcome on into episode 150 of on the mark uh so close you can almost taste it preseason football uh we have we are moving on from preseason we are focusing in hardcore on the regular season uh we have uh nba uh, updates with kevin durant so much to do so much to cover on the show as always follow me on twitter on instagram at mark hespen m-a-r-k-h-e-s-p-e-n if you like listening to the show on the terrestrial radio well you should follow the show on facebook as well search on the mark all one word on the mark khmo on facebook and you can stay up to date with us there as well so much to get to, so let's jump into it as we preview the show. Uh, I've been doing this now for the past, oh, about five weeks, six weeks. It is the one main storyline for each uh, NFL team as we begin the season, and we finish it up today with the AFC North and the AFC West. We'll go through eight teams, give you the one main thing to look at for each team, then we will talk Kevin Durant and his stay in Brooklyn. The trade demands are over. What that means not only for Kevin Durant, but also big picture for the National Basketball Association. And finally, wrapping up, we got some college football today. Yeah, we got to talk a little college football. And of course, um, uh, an interesting story out of Carolina as well. Lots to get into it, so let's jump in. Hespin headline at number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, uh, AFC North, the one main storyline for each team in the AF in the AFC North. If you have been, if you're new to this, or if you've been following along, you kind of forget what this whole segment is. I am going to pretend I'm the beat reporter, the beat writer for each NFL team. And what is a beat writer? Well, they are the like the one local newspaper guy whose only job, guy or girl, to cover the team and uh, get all the inside scoops and be the expert on everything with that with that particular team, what is it, an NBA team, NFL team, uh, baseball team, whatever it may be. So I'm putting my beat reporter hat on and uh, taking a very close look at each team. And I'm going to give you, to me, what I think is the crux, the most important thing for each team this year. A lot of it's quarterback-centric. It's a quarterback league. Some of it's been bigger picture ownership. Uh, and we move on today. Let's start with the NFC, the AFC, excuse me, North. And we'll go with the Cincinnati Bengals. If I'm the beat reporter, the biggest thing I'm trying to figure out in camp this year, looking ahead to the 2022-2023 season, is this a flash in the pan or can this become the norm with the Cincinnati Bengals? Now, I'm not arguing the norm like, are you Tom Brady and the Patriots? And is this going to be 
six Super Bowls over 20 years. That is insane. That's like something we've never seen before. But in the norm, meaning like, hey, we've seen over the last five years, two different AFC teams rise from the bottom to the top and now have sustained consistency at the top. You saw it with the Chiefs. Now, they were never at the bottom. Alex Smith and them won a lot of games, but they have achieved a greatness. Patrick Mahomes, AFC title game, loses to Brady, and then it's like Super Bowl the next year, and then it's uh, losing the Super Bowl the year after that, and then it's AFC title game. So four straight years in that in that realm of it, the cream of the crop, the top of their game. We saw the Buffalo Bills... First year with Josh Allen, little wonky. Second year, you make the playoffs, but you lose. Third year, you make the AFC Championship game. Last year, you make a, a postseason run that ends in Kansas City. So that's sustained con- success. Can we see that for the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, can they become that next team to be like, all right, we got a team in the AFC West. We got a team in the AFC East. Can they be the new team in the AFC North? That just has this sustained success. You have your young quarterback. He's an absolute superstar. Uh, the team believes in him. The organization believes in him. We as fans and just uh, and people who watch the NFL all believe in Joe Burrow. Uh, can you consistently build the success around him? And can this be sustained? Or is this a flash in the pan? Is this the Jaguars of you know Blake Bortles when they uh, where they you know won AFC title run and then they fall apart? I don't think it'll be that because I do think we all agree that Joe Burrow is much more talented than Blake Bortles, and he's a better NFL quarterback, but it takes an organization to have sustained winning at the top. Can the Bengals now go on a three- or four-year run of every year they are they are in the second, third round of the playoffs looking at a Super Bowl run? That is the That's the biggest question, and I think right now you'd argue – it's just too early to tell. This year is that year to determine, wait a minute, the Bengals, they really have something here. So we keep our eye on it for it. And it's interesting because the next team on my list is a team of the Ravens who we thought was going to be that AFC team. And then they had a disastrous 2021. So the Ravens, the question for them as we switch them is, can they return to the top? You know, the Ravens had uh, won the division two straight years, 2018, 2019, with Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson fourteen and two wins an MVP. Uh, you know uh, he the dude is electric. And then last year, the rails come off. You know it. it you know eight and nine can't win. Uh, you know uh, didn't win the division two years ago. Um, but it was you know hey they were still better than the Steelers. Made it farther, uh, more competitive. And then you 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 lose not only the division last year, but you come in fourth in your division. And you end up uh, with an 8-9 record and a lot of injuries and some big question marks. So the Ravens, it's all about, was that a fluke year? And you can just blame it on injuries. And nope, the Ravens will be right back to a 10-win or more double-digit win team making playoff runs. As we're, If you're a Bengals fan, you're hoping that's what becomes the norm for you. Or is this a, was that a flash in the pan for the Ravens? And that was it. That was the peak with Lamar Jackson. And now we don't know what they're going to be. Listen, I personally think the Ravens are poised to have a bounce back year. Love their defense. Love their coaching. Uh, I'm a big fan of Lamar Jackson. His ability uh, at the quarterback position to be um, 
unstoppable at times, unlike we've seen uh, any other athlete who played the quarterback position. Um, and so the contract's obviously a big concern. That was going to maybe be my, the, the storyline for this. What does Lamar Jackson look like playing for a contract? I think I, I, I think there's nothing's going to get done. I think he's going to go into this year in a lame duck year. And I think him playing in a lame duck year looking for a contract only means one thing. I think he's going to have a massive year. I think we're going to see close back to that MVP levels for Lamar Jackson. And so um, for the for the Bengals and the Ravens, they're in this kind of weird, you know, two ships crossing in the night. The Bengals have ascended very quickly now into, wait, we're at the top. Can we now sustain this top of the division? And the Ravens won it in 2018 Won it, dominant 14 and 2 in 2019. Uh, a good year in 2020, a little bit, you know, but the, the Steelers had that 11 and 0 start to end up winning the division. And then last year, the wheels kind of fell off with injuries. So after three years of being in that mix, they take a step back and they jump right back in. Was that literally just a quick bump in the road? An injury play deer and you, you wipe it clean, you start fresh. Fan bases can forgive an injury play deer. We all know uh, in the NFL, those type of years happen. So can the Ravens bounce back? That's what it's all about. The return to the top for the Ravens. How quickly they fell off the map from that 14-2 and in 2019 to an 8-9 and in 2021. And so can they get that arrow pointed back up? I think they can. And again, official predictions coming on next week's show. Uh, we move on from the Bengals and the Ravens to the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Still, to me... The big brothers of the AFC North. They are um, even like uh, with the Packers, you know, in that transition from Favre to Rodgers. If they have a year or two where it's a little bumpy, everyone in the division still has those feelers out and those ears up for the Steelers. They are still the dominant force of their division. And for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, to me, the question for them is, Will Pickett get a chance this year? If I'm the beat reporter for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm really spending a lot of time with this team, what's really important for me to analyze is that do you rush the rookie quarterback in and you just trial by fire, like what happened with Joe Burrow, what happened with you know uh, with the uh, you know Peyton Manning as a rookie, you know, listen, Trevor Lawrence last year, just throw trial by fire, throwing in there Zach Wilson or. Do you try to go what the Bears did with Justin Fields last year and that more traditional route in the NFL history of like, hey, rookie quarterbacks can sit and we could be patient. And if they get a chance to start, they get a chance based on injury or really poor performance. That's obviously the biggest story for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. I will say I like to, I tend to lean towards giving a rookie a chance to sit and to take things in, but I but the Pittsburgh situation is unique. Kenny Pickett played his college ball in Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett um, has a, a good wide receiver core. He's got a great young running back. He's got a win-now defense and a decent special teams unit with a really good kicker and a Hall of Fame-level coach. So you're not exactly like a lot of other rookies or even second-year quarterbacks where, you know, Zach Wilson, it's a rookie with a rookie. Or or Trevor Lawrence, it comes in, you're a rookie in a bad organization with a, a dysfunctional college coach. You know, we don't, uh, you don't normally see this much stability. It reminds you a little bit of like what Mac Jones had last year. Kind of that rare situation 
where a quarterback comes in, a rookie quarterback comes in and, oh, wait a minute, things are really set up to be successful for this person uh, from the get-go. I do think one of the biggest concerns of what Pittsburgh is looking at is they're saying they don't trust their offensive line. They really don't. It's a bad offensive line, and that is a, a fault on Pittsburgh. They deserve to be criticized for having a poor offensive line and 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 not uh, prioritizing building the offensive line when you have a highly paid kicker and all these other positions that you're spending money on. Um, and so I think they look at it and going, we don't want to get Kenny Pickett killed. We're okay letting Mitchell Trubisky get killed. And Mitchell Trubisky kind of thrives. His best football is when he's on the move and making some off script, you know, having to make decisions, being mobile and being athletic. I do think, though, behind this bad offensive line, Mitch has a guy who's been injury prone. I don't think he'll last the entire season. And I think Kenny Pickett will get a chance to play. It's just about the when and and the where. How does that situation line up? And can it be a positive situation for him? So all eyes on Kenny Pickett. How will the Steelers handle their first-round quarterback and uh, what they hope to be the future of their franchise in a division that right now is set with future franchise quarterbacks? With Burrow, with Watson, and with Lamar. So it's a huge, huge year for Kenny Pickett and transition year. And if I was the brain trust and I had a say, I would try to prevent Kenny Pickett from getting in as long as possible because I don't trust that offensive line. And uh, eventually Mitch will get injured and he will have to play. And so Kenny will get to play this year and he'll have tape. So don't rush it. Don't force it. Uh, finally, I'll go to the the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, their main headline, besides the Sean Watson stuff, and I and I do think they Cleveland deserves a lot of criticism, and and will be criticized throughout the year for Deshaun Watson and his length with the team, uh, as far as how it all works out. But as far as football goes, if I'm trying to cover this team, and and look, this is a win now team. They have an incredible defensive front, a, a nice back end of their defense. They have probably the best offensive line in football. Great running backs. Their wide receiver core is Amari Cooper and not much else after that. No, solid tight ends. And so, can this team rally around Jacoby Brissett and Kevin Stefanski, run the ball well with Nick Chubb? Can they be relevant by week 13? Can they find a way to be 500 or at least a game or two under 500 for when Deshaun Watson gets back and to see then, you know, the season's kind of up for grabs. You know, Cleveland can be one of those teams that a lot of AFC teams want to bury. Listen, there's going to be a lot of guys in the the NFL. uh, When Deshaun Watson gets back, we're going to want to take a shot at Deshaun Watson, and rightfully so. A lot of defensive guys are going to be licking their chops when he finally gets a chance to play. But... Can can Cleveland find a way to rally around, get some wins, get five or six wins before Deshaun Watson comes back and be relevant enough to make a run? It's going to be hard to make the playoffs in the AFC. There's a lot of good teams in the AFC. The bulk of the NFL talent and quarterback talent is in the AFC. And so uh, for Cleveland, can they stay alive? I Right now, I'll tell you, without giving it all away, I, I don't feel like they can. I, I feel like quarterback play is too important. And the last time we saw Jacoby Brissett with uh, with this much uh, starting that he had to do, it wasn't great. Now, again, I, I like his quarterback. I like his off- I mean, his coach's offensive line, a lot of pieces around him. But you're asking a lot. 
for Jacoby Brissett for 13 games. If they had brought in Jimmy G two, three weeks ago, like I said, I think Cleveland would be more than in the playoff discussion by the time they got Watson back. I, I don't think they did. And listen, in the NFL, you can't waste a year. And, and, and it could come back to be the biggest mistake of Cleveland's whole run with Deshaun Watson might be the fact that they knew he was going to get suspended and they didn't do enough to win and put themselves in a spot to win a championship the year that Watson was going to miss the majority of the games. Because uh, you, you never know what your roster is going to look like a year from now, and you just never know the health of guys. I mean, heck, a year ago today, we were talking about Urban Meyer and, uh, and uh, John Gruden, still as coaches. Who would have guessed a year ago today there'd be no Urban Meyer, no John Gruden? Uh, you know what I mean? Like the NFL landscape changes quickly. And for the Cleveland Browns to maybe be punting on a year with Jacoby Brissett, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Can they stay alive? And they need to because they don't have first-round picks. It's not like they're going to gain anything from losing uh, without Deshaun Watson. Uh, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back, we're going to jump into the AFC West one main storyline. Live and local in America's News Talk 1070 KHMO. It's on the mark. You wash your hands. And- from Washington. <clears throat> Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back down the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Kunis Honda Hyundai. Not only are they your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, they have the biggest network of dealers anywhere in the tri-states. The Kunis Auto Group of dealers. Go to shopkunis.com. If you can't find what you're looking for on their lot, don't worry about it. That was the position I was in with Kunis a couple of years ago. Went to shopkunis.com, found the truck I was looking for. They had it for me the next day here in Quincy from one of their sister stores, was able to drive it, make the deal, bada-bing, bada-boom, driving away in your new vehicle. Uh, They're special what they do at Kunis Honda Hyundai. Take my word for it. Tell them Mark sent you 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. All right, uh, we move on. That was the AFC North, uh, and now we have our final division. And I saved this one specifically for last because I do believe this is the best division in football. I believe that every one of these teams in the AFC West is capable of being a playoff team and honestly winning a playoff game if they, uh, you know, if they were in a, in a playoff, uh, you know, in the playoff game. They are. Uh, I think all te- all these teams have special qualities to them. I think all these teams have uh, quarterbacks that are in the top ten, if not right there at the edge of the top ten, with Derek Carr. Uh, and I think that, uh, unfortunately, 
As I made in my bold predictions last week, I, I do think the two of them are probably going to miss the playoffs, but I honestly think that uh, it doesn't mean they're bad teams. I think all it's going to be just kind of one of those bloodbath type years, and uh, you, injuries will play a factor, uh, schedules for different teams at different times. Uh, so let's get into it. The one main storyline for each AFC West team that's Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, let us start in Kansas City with the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs are uh, obviously a fascinating story. Uh, they won a Super Bowl. They then lost a Super Bowl, and then they lose an AFC Championship game in home, at home in a very weird fashion, in a very un-Chiefs-like fashion, where Mahomes had his first really not good big primetime performance. The Super Bowl a loss against the Bucs, you can't blame Mahomes. That offensive line got absolutely dominated. He was hit more than like any quarterback's ever been hit in a postseason game. Uh, there's nothing you could do. Uh, there's no quarterback who would have been successful in NFL history behind that offensive line in that uh, in that game against that defensive front. Uh, so I, was, I will argue and say that I think his only real stinker of a performance was the second half in that loss at home against the Bengals. And, uh, you know, so much of this is, I think, a quiet, not a lot of people talking about the Chiefs. There's a lot of noise in other teams and the other conferences and other divisions. I think they're flying under the radar, and I think they are a sleeping giant for this year. I think Mahomes is poised for a massive year. So what's the headline for them? Well, can they evolve around Patrick Mahomes? So when Patrick Mahomes signed his 10-year deal, one of the things we all knew as fans, and I talked about in the show, was the Chiefs will have to go through iterations, kind of like Brady and the Patriots did. Brady and the Patriots early versus Brady and the Patriots middle versus Brady and the Patriots late were three very different teams in different iterations. So now we're starting to see Mahomes, his first iteration with the Chiefs, Hill and Kelsey, and they were the type of team that could be down like they were against the Texans in the playoffs, what, 24 nothing, 20 nothing, and come back and win that game easily. They were an iteration of a team that could just score in bunches extraordinarily quickly. I don't think you can honestly say you lose the best quick-score weapon in the NFL, maybe in NFL history with Tyreek Hill, and you may, I don't think you can argue they're the same team. I don't think they're going to be a worse team. I'm just excited to see what's the new iteration of the Chiefs look like. Again, just because they lost Tyree Kill doesn't mean they are a worse team. It just means they cannot play the exact same style of football. They have to start evolving. And now we're going to see, can the Chiefs evolve with Patrick Mahomes? I will say, I am concerned about one thing for the Chiefs. Matt Nagy. I got to be honest. Matt Nagy was such a disaster with Chicago that it makes me concerned that he's back in Kansas City and helping them design plays. Now, play design may not have been Matt Nagy's biggest downfall. I think overall it was calling the game and and uh, and putting strings of plays together. I think that was the biggest thing that was Matt Nagy's downfall as far as, far as offensively goes. I think play design was a problem. But with Andy Reid in the building and Eric Bieniemy still there, he's got shields of people to tell him to shut up and he doesn't know what he's doing. But I, I legit think that is a concern. But overall, I'm very high on the Chiefs this year. How can he not be? Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. 
Uh, I don't think uh, there's much debate about that. He still is the alpha male as far as talent, as far as if you had to draft one guy right now in your fantasy draft to build your team around for the next five to ten years, uh, Mahomes is the guy. And um, listen, there's other guys that are close, and there's other really good quarterbacks out there, great quarterbacks, but Mahomes is the guy. So as as long as he's there and he's healthy, uh, how can you not feel good about the Chiefs? But I am fascinated, if I'm the beat reporter, to see what's the difference. What is the evolution for this Chiefs and Mahomes? We saw it with the Brady and the Patriots. It went from defensive team to throwing 50 touchdowns with Randy Moss to two tight ends to Gronk and slot guys. I mean, that's what it was. It was three different variations of that Patriots team all along the way, really good offensive lines and solid defenses. And the and the, the for the Chiefs, building up the defense and keeping that offensive line great, they probably have a top three, four offensive line of football. So keeping that healthy and evolving that defense to stay competitive is going to be important as well. Uh, if I'm moving on now, I look to the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, that's right. The storyline for the Chargers here going into this season for me, if I'm the beat reporter, can Herbert get to that elite level? And I'm being serious. I know you may think that's a shot at Herbert. It's not. You know, if you listen to the show, I absolutely love, love Justin Herbert. I am a huge fan. I think um, besides Mahomes and Allen, he might just be – that third guy, and I'm saying if I have to choose someone for the next five to ten years, I think it would probably be him or Joe Burrow. They're right there with each other. But the problem with Justin Herbert is it's not really his fault, but I do need to figure out what what blame do I put on Justin Herbert. Let's be honest, Justin Herbert had a chance to make the playoffs of that Chargers roster last year, and they didn't do it. Uh, and as electric as he's been at times and as terrific as he is, there are some younger quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, the, his own competitor in his own draft class, who have shown that I can take less talent of a roster and I can get them farther right now. And so I, I do think for Justin Herbert, listen, you have your wide receivers, you have a really incredible offense, you have the two best pass rushers combination in maybe NFL history with Khalil Mack and Bosa, you have an incredible defense. I need to see, can you elevate to that elite level? Right now, I personally think Justin Herbert is deservedly below Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, Wilson, these guys who I have seen take their teams to that elite level, to that pinnacle, to the top. Can he get to that? Can he get a playoff run this year? I think it's really important for us to see that, or else are we going to deal with another generation for the for the Chargers where it's this? It's like we're watching Philip Rivers all over again. I know the dude is uber talented. I know the guy is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but it just doesn't translate to deep playoff runs. So I need to see that out of Justin Herbert. It is a huge year. It's a, it's a big year. Year three, can he elevate into that elite level? I, I got to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs, right? I can't pay him big, big, giant, giant money like he's projected to get if I don't see him at least in the playoffs and how he handles the pressure of the playoffs. No one's knocking Lamar Jackson. Well, at least the dude's been in the playoffs and won a playoff game. I've seen what he's been and able to do in the playoffs. He's He's got his team to the playoffs. 
you know, I'm ready to write the check for Joe Burrow. I've seen what that done dude has done away in Kansas City in an AFC championship game, down at halftime. Like, I've seen how he reacts to that. How can I open up the checkbook for Justin Herbert when I haven't seen that yet? I want to open it up, and I will open up, just like the Cardinals did with Kyler Murray, because you see the talent, but I need to see that elite level. Join that in elite level. Make a playoff run, and how do you handle that big stage? Uh, we move on. As you listen on the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. The Broncos. So we move on now to the Denver Broncos. And uh, if I am the beat reporter for the Broncos, what am I focusing on for them this season? To me, the headline is simply, the storyline is simply playoffs or bust. They have gone all in on Russell Wilson. Uh, they tra- they they mortgaged their future with a bunch of draft picks. Uh, they gave up a, good, a couple good players. And uh, listen, you know, Denver's a team that similarly to... Uh, the bra- uh, the uh, Buccaneers, before they got Tom Brady, we felt like, what? gosh, it's frustrating. This roster, we really like this roster. This roster feels like it should be a playoff team. A lot of people had the Broncos sneaking into the playoffs over the last two years, uh, taking up a, uh, you know, a wild card spot. And Fangio and them, it felt like they got close, but they just couldn't string wins together enough, and they weren't reliable enough. At the biggest position, you go all in, you get Russell Wilson out of Seattle, and it is playoffs or bust. And for Russell Wilson, it's I think it's huge for him, playoffs or bust as well. You've seen the last two years, two years ago, Brady, new team, Super Bowl victory. Last year, Stafford, new team, Super Bowl victory. I'm not saying he has to win a Super Bowl, but the trend is uh, is trending that way. That is the that is the way we've seen the recent success for Hall of Fame level type quarterbacks. Obviously, the greatest quarterback of all time, and then Matt Stafford, a guy who's uh, always been a Hall of Fame talent. Uh, we've always thought that. Just did he will he have the numbers and the resume by the end of it? Uh, and it's the same for Russell Wilson. Feels like he's on his track to the Hall of Fame. And he gets traded in the prime of his career. Now, he's in the latter prime of his career. I would argue Russell Wilson's peak days are behind him. But he is still very, very close to his peak. He's not on any sort of major decline. He's got three or four really, really great years of football left in him of playing quarterback. Also, you know, for Russell Wilson, I think there's a little bit of that personal challenge. Last year was the first year he ever got hurt and missed a start. He was on that Eli Manning Ironman type track. And, you know, it was a broken thumb. It's something you kind of couldn't avoid, couldn't really deal with. I Beyond excited to see Russell Wilson get a chance to get away from Pete Carroll, away from the system. Similarly, how I felt to uh, Matt Stafford last year and Tom Brady the year before. Really excited to see these guys who we know have something in the tank or in the prime of their career with Stafford and uh, and Russell Wilson and to see what they look like away from the organization that has shaped our knowledge of them up to this point. So I, it's got to be playoffs or bust. That is the feeling if I am covering this team. They have a ton of defensive talent. They have an offensive coach. I like their pieces on offense. Their offensive line isn't terrible, certainly better than the offensive lines that Russell Wilson has had in the past couple of years. Really good running backs. And so, uh, the, obviously, the division is brutal. We know this. But part of the reason it's brutal is because the Broncos are in that division. When you're in a brutal division, you got to remember, the reason why it's a brutal division is because you're in it, too. You're a talented team. Got to have that confidence. New head coach. I think there could be stretches where it looks 
shaky. I think there's going to be stretches where they blow teams out because there's going to be things that teams just don't have film on. I think this Broncos team is the type of team that can win a lot of games early, as we'll talk about in the projections coming on up. Uh, I, it's got to be playoffs or bust. That's what I'm thinking if I'm in that building and I'm looking through the major one uh, storyline for this team. All right, and uh, final team in the AFC West and our final team that we're doing for our one main storyline is the Vegas Raiders. And the storyline is this. Two new pieces, does it lead to playoff wins? We've seen this team make the playoffs with all the dysfunction they had last year. Think about what the Raiders went through. With uh, Henry Ruggs and with John Gruden, they end up rallying a couple giant wins late in the season, and they get that playoff spot over their division rival, and they actually played pretty well against a team that went on to win the AFC in Cincinnati on the road. I mean, this Raiders team, can they now, adding these two pieces, what are the two pieces? Josh McDaniels, the head coach, and Devontae Adams. You add in two of the biggest pieces that got moved in the offseason. The the best, if not one of the top three best wide receivers in the NFL. A guy that the quarterback already knows well from their connection in college. And you add in a coach that, well, yes, he's a new head coach for you. He had experience a decade ago. You feel like he's matured. He's learned from it. He is, I think, Josh McDaniels, the one-person poised to be able to thrive beyond Belichick because he was in control of the offense for the last de- you know half a decade more plus with New England. He was the one making the decisions. It was him and Brady. Belichick left that side of the ball pretty much alone and sa- and with the little personality he had was able to uh, really make productive offenses go click with basically just a tight end and the greatest quarterback of all time. Now you get a quarterback who's a lot less talented than Tom, but you have weapons around him that are incredible. You have a great wide receiver core. You have an elite tight end, a solid offensive line, a really good young running back, and a defense that's not great. Um, And I think that's what could end up being the undoing for the Raiders. It's a defense that has a a nice pass rush, but beyond that, I'm not sure. And in the AFC West, against those receivers and those quarterbacks, your pass rush has to get home and your corners have to be able to create turnovers. So we'll see if that's what they're able to do. In recapping the AFC West, the one main storyline for each team, the Chiefs, can they evolve around Patrick Mahomes uh, in this new era that the Chiefs are in uh, for the Chargers, can Herbert become an elite-level quarterback? Can he make it to the playoffs and show us what he can do in the biggest games when the pressure and the bright lights are brightest? Uh, for the Broncos, it's playoffs or bust. You go all in for Russell Wilson. The recent trend for bringing in uh, Super Bowl caliber, Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks has been not only playoff wins, but Super Bowl wins. So you got to make the playoffs. You can't let this become a dud uh, in Denver. And for the Raiders, is the addition of McDaniels and Adams enough to get them over the hump to winning playoff games? You're listening on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back to episode 150 of this show, we will switch our focus to the hardwood. We'll talk KD. Live and local at America's News Talk 1070 KHMO. It's on the mark. Take us anywhere. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. Today, 
One in five working age Americans has a mental health condition. People in all types of jobs and at all levels. And the key to helping us succeed is a supportive and inclusive workplace. All of us have a role to play in making that happen. So what can I do to help? As a CEO, I can set the tone for supportive culture. As a manager, I can offer assistance and accommodations. As a coworker, I can listen and be a source of support to my colleagues. As someone with a mental health condition, I can ask for what I need to perform my best. I can offer all employees the supports they need to deliver on the job. For the team and for the business. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I can remind others that we all benefit from workplaces that promote good mental health. Health-friendly workplaces are more important than ever, and all of us have a role to play in promoting them. Learn more at WhatCanYouDoCampaign.org. I'm a wife and the mother of two kids, and I've got a good job. Bye, mom. See you, mom. A pretty important job because of my family and my job. I really care about this neighborhood. It's a good neighborhood. Yes, there's some crime, and when I drive to work, like now. I realize that some people here don't trust the police. So the police should be reaching out to this community. And this community should reach out to the police. That's the way to make this a safer place. And when I get to work in the precinct house and put on my uniform, I can tell you as a police officer that this department is reaching out to the community. And the community is doing its part. We're building partnerships. This should be happening everywhere. This is how we can all be safer. Get involved. Start the conversation. Start the conversation and help stop crime. To learn the five things you can do, go to ncpc.org slash preventviolentcrime. A message from the National Crime Prevention Council and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Hi, I'm Uzo Aduba. If you're a cancer patient in the U.S. and its territories or Canada, you may be able to help uncover the next breakthrough by sharing your patient data and unique experience with researchers around the world. My unique experience can make the difference of life and death to people in my community. It is in our stories and data that the answers can be found. I am proud to be a part of that group. Join Stand Up to Cancer, Count Me In, and thousands of patients in this movement at standuptocancer.org slash countmein. Ad paid for by Case Lee. forecast from the News Talk 1070, KHMO Weather Center. Partly cloudy skies today with highs around 89. Southeasterly winds, 8 to 15 miles per hour. Lows level off around 72 tonight, partly cloudy. Chance for scattered storms tomorrow. Highs around 89, mainly cloudy. Right now, 73. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. On the Mark is brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. You got to ask about that complimentary no fear powertrain warranty. And I'm telling you, shop online at shopcunis.com. Find the vehicle you're looking for, and they'll get it for you at their Quincy locations at 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. They're all about faith, family, and giving back. Join the Cunis family like I did. Best decision I made since moving to the Tri-States. Uh, tell them Mark sent you. All right. Uh, we move on now on episode 150. Can you believe it? We're at uh, 150 episodes of On the Mark on this uh, uh, September, uh, excuse me, August 27th, looking ahead to September and all the great football. Uh, the biggest basketball storyline of the offseason has come to an end, and that's what I want to focus on here as we move forward in this in this part of the show. Kevin Durant is staying in Brooklyn. So 
Um, before I get to where I think Brooklyn ranks in the East, I think there's two major things to look at here. We now know the totality of this story, right? Kevin Durant, they get embarrassed the Nets do in the first round against their rivals, the Celtics. Kevin Durant is looking around, looking at Kyrie, who uh, only played a, a handful of games, who's flaky, and at times you wonder if Kyrie's going to play depending on what social issue is trending on Twitter. Uh, you're, you're, you brought in James Harden to try to help you be a running mate, but James Harden basically looked at you and said, bruh, I can't deal with Kyrie. I want out of here. I'm getting out. Uh, he moves on to uh, the 76ers in return. You get a guy that you think, all right, well, maybe I can help motivate and mold this guy in Ben Simmons. He could be excited to play. And what does he do? He basically just rides the bench for the whole year, you know, uh, ha- works on his back tweak and, uh, and, and doesn't help you in your biggest times and needs. And you're looking at yourself and you basically say, I created this mess. So Kevin Durant said, oh, listen, I got a four-year contract. I'm not staying here with this for four years. I want out. Uh, when that didn't work, he said, all right, tra- trade the coach and the GM, fire them, and I'll come back. And the owner said, yeah, we're not doing that. And then, and then Katie finally met with the owner of the coach and the GM, and they said, look, here are the three teams we would trade you to. We like the packages they're offering. We would do these deals. Do you actually want to go to these teams after they trade these things to get you? And Kevin Durant looked in around and said, wait a minute, you mean I get to go to Miami, but I'm not going to have Bam, not going to have the shooting. It's just going to be me and Butler and a bunch of one-year contract guys. Wait a minute, I get to go to Boston to play with Tatum, but there's no Brown and there's no all these role players, and uh, and 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 you know you're losing out on on all this other depth. And I think Kevin Durant looked and said, "No, this uh, the my best chance to win games, have a chance to win, is still here in Brooklyn." I don't think KD will finish his career in Brooklyn. I certainly could see the Nets uh, moving on from KD, Kyrie, and Simmons all within the next calendar year. But it looks like they're going to try to make it work. So that's the totality of the story. Now, what is that? story when you have it now and it's complete mean well there's two ways to look at the first way to look at it is the idea of the player empowerment is dying i think in the nba lebron started it when he announced he's taking his talents to south beach and i think it ended in the summer of 2022 when katie tried to force a trade out of a situation he created basically um what we're looking at now is nf nba owners and gms are saying these elite, elite level players like the KDs, LeBrons, they're going to end up playing because they know it hurts their legacy more to sit out games and to not play than it does to play and to not win a championship. So they, they've they called their bluffs and they're holding on to it. And I, I think you're going to see a lot less of these megastars, the Anthony Davises of the world, trying to force their way out. Now, credit to LeBron. He's never tried to force his way out. He's just waited until he's a free agent and then left. And so he's worked it way better than the Carmelos, than the Anthony Davises, and now what we've seen with Kevin Durant as well. I think the era of the player empowerment, it's not dead dead. I think players still have a ton of power, and they wield it, and they should. But I think as far as demanding these max deals and making it happen, uh, I think I, I, I do think there's a possibility that could be over. I will also add to the fact that I think that Rudy Gobert and the timing of his deal and the desperation of Minnesota to get a player like him also hurt Kevin Durant because it set the market. If you got to pay that much to get Rudy Gobert, people will pay that much to get Kevin Durant 
But then Kevin Durant doesn't want to go to those teams, and he has the no t- trade clause, so he could control it. And he realized that that deal screwed him, and it killed him because they probably could have traded just picks to get a Kevin Durant and maybe whatever expiring salaries you need to make the salary work, and Kevin Durant would be really, really excited about that, that opportunity to stay with the team with players. Uh, who cares about picks at this point? The other thing is Kevin Durant has a real opportunity here. He really does. Now, I if you made me force, you know, crystal ball and make a choice. I do believe that what we're going to see from this is that within the next two years, Kyrie, KD, and Ben Simmons will all be on different teams. Brooklyn will be in a rebuilding spot and be a feisty, fun, young team to look at, and they'll all be elsewhere. But KD has a chance to rewrite all that history. Kevin Durant is one of the rare players that's playing currently that legitimately has a chance to cement a top 10 all-time legacy. One of the top 10 players of all time. He has a chance to bump someone off that list and be in the top 10 of all time. And if he wins a championship being the best player on this dysfunctional Brooklyn team, he absolutely could elevate into the top 10 and help his legacy out massively by doing that. So I just want to put it out there to KD. If you're listening, you have a chance. You have a real chance. And then he could say, listen, I did it. I made it happen with Brooklyn. Now I want out. Trade me. Get me out of here. I'm not deal. I can't do this again. But he has a chance to really submit his legacy here to do what he's always wanted to do, which is be the man on a team and lead and carry them to a cha- NBA championship. He's got a chance. And uh, will, he, will, he, will he make it happen? Probably not. Uh, where do I rank Brooklyn just off the top of my head in the East? I like Milwaukee more than them. I like Miami more than them. I like Philadelphia more than them. I like Boston more than them. I think uh, the depth that Chicago added, if they could stay healthy as a team, will play better team basketball. I think they could be a six, anywhere between fourth and sixth, seventh seed, depending on health in the East. All right, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 K the KHMO app. When we come back, we're running out of time, but I got a couple uh, quick hitter topics to talk about. We're live and local on America's News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. It's on the mark. What's your favorite? And right now, medical information is not regularly being shared within the research community, but you can help change that. Patients can help accelerate research by sharing their information and unique experience. Everyone's experience with cancer matters, including my own. If you're a cancer patient in the U.S. and its territories or Canada, you may be able to play a part in accelerating cancer research and uncovering new breakthroughs simply by sharing your patient data with researchers around the world. My unique experience can make the difference of life and death to some of the people in my community. It is in our stories and data that the answers can be found. Join Stand Up to Cancer, Count Me In, and thousands of patients like Maeve, Bridget, and Joel in this movement. For our family. For our friends. For us all. The information is out there. Together we can unlock it. Join in at standuptocancer.org slash in. The Songs of Love Foundation is a nonprofit organization that provides free, personalized songs for kids battling serious illness, including physical or emotional challenges. Listen to a little Kaylee's Song of Love. Kaylee, Kaylee, we love everything you do. Any parent or relative can request a free Song of Love by visiting songsoflove.org or calling us at 800-960-SONG. That's 800-960-SONG. KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO. 
Brought to you by Kunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Not only do you got to ask about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty, you got to shop online, shopcunis.com. But I'm telling you, just stop by the dealership. They have a ton of inventory on the lot, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. You can custom order brand new vehicles. Lock in those great weekend sales prices now. Stop by the dealership. Tell them Mark sent you. All right. Uh, welcome on back to the show. Follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. You can also follow the show on Facebook, on the Mark KHMO. Just search on the Mark KHMO on Facebook. It is Saturday, August 27th, and football is back officially. We have meaningful college football today. Yeah, Nebraska, Northwestern, uh, they are playing, I believe, in Ireland, in uh, in Dublin. It is going to be a hell of a show. I can't wait for that. Nebraska versus Northwestern, 1130 on Fox. A couple other decent games. You know, you get Wyoming, Illinois, so the Big Ten on uh, uh, kicking out of the season. Brett Vilma and his second year kind of with the Illinois uh, squad. Florida State in action against a school called Dukunes. I don't know how to say it. That's So Florida State, if they lose there, that'll be embarrassing. North Carolina in action today. Nevada, New Mexico State, the late game. Vanderbilt, uh, the SEC versus Hawaii late uh, as well. And that all sets up, of course, for college football, then kicking off in earnest Thursday, September 1st. My Northern Illinois Huskies playing Eastern Illinois. Oklahoma State, Central Michigan in action. Pittsburgh, West Virginia. A lot of exciting stuff. Purdue, Penn State, all of that on Thursday. Uh, and then Friday of next week, we will obviously be uh, previewing next Saturday, but Friday next week, get Michigan State, Western Michigan. You get uh, Illinois, Indiana. You get TCU, Colorado, Duke versus Temple. That's some real college football between now and the next time I see you. Obviously, Saturday, September 3rd, next Saturday, we'll preview some of the big games. That's when you get Michigan. Uh, that's when you get uh, you know some of the other big names, Georgia, Oregon, kick off the season, Arkansas, Cincinnati, some big games. We'll preview all that. But between now and then, Illinois plays twice, and we got some real meaningful college football. So that's uh, really, really exciting as we look ahead uh, to the college football season. And then finally, to wrap up the show, I just want to mention Baker Mayfield named the starter uh, for the Carolina Panthers, and already one of my bold predictions for the NFL season is dead. I said last week I believed that Baker, Darnold, and Matt Crowell would all start a game for the Panthers. But that can't happen because Matt Crowell had season-ending Liz Frank surgery. So that's a bummer. I, I real bummer. My bold prediction went out the window. I'll try to find another bold prediction to uh, add uh, for next week's show to uh, to make sure I have three official bold predictions going into the year. I do think Sam Darnold will start Before still at some point.